The presenting sponsor for On Education is Schoology. Schoology is not only the best learning management system, it's also a community of lifelong learners. There are so many things to love about Schoology, but my favorite is the company's passion to connect with their teachers and students to deliver the best product possible. If you want to learn more about Schoology and how they can help you advance what's possible, visit Schoology.com. When we come back, I have a sense that we might get into a fight. We'll see. (laughs) Welcome to On Education. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Urban. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will discuss the upcoming elections in Canada and the United States, debate which EdTech giant is winning, and our interview today is with CEO of Storyboard That, Aaron Sherman. Uh, I'm excited about this podcast. Yeah, we're it's just going crazy. I mean, it actually feels like we've started this like a few years ago, doesn't it to you? <laughs> because <laughs> it's been zone. going we're in the zone because it's going so quickly like so many things i mean and by quickly i mean just so many things are snowballing in a positive way 25 episodes we didn't even mention it last week oh 25 we had 25 last oh, last week yeah you know for like 50 we should do something special we should we should I do like a i don't know I, we got to time that out i'm not yeah. sure when that happens exactly <laughs> maybe maybe actually 50 would be right around next summer maybe hmm. then we could That's have like a 50 episode anniversary party blah 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 yeah yeah that that's just like can't do idea. it at batter just can't do it at batter brow right yeah, doesn't even actually we're not anymore. in chicago <laughs> <laughs> right i guess we won't be in chicago anyways but we'll be philly we're coming for you yes um so yeah, speaking of cool things happening, FETC is uh, not right around the corner, but we are in like, as the emails, you don't see my inbox, but as the emails would attest, uh, we are in like full FETC mode yes. uh, around here. So this actually, this week is the last week where our interviews will not be related to FETC for the next two months, Glenn. Two Isn't months. Amazing. Just so we many have, cool people too that we're going to have on. And leading up right up up to FETC. Do you want to drop some names? Uh, should we should we you, drop some? You names? drop some. Yes. <laughs> what is the what Did is we, the one that there was one that you were really excited about that you mentioned the yes, other day? Monica. Monica Burns. Burns. Yes. Monica Burns. Oh. I was. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an amazing person too, because she's had a journey as far as an educator, and then now basically being in a educational consultant and we'll make sure we get her title right but to become a really well-known name in education really making positive uh changes and uh contributing to the education profession at a really really high level so i'm really interested in talking to her as well as a whole bunch of other people that we have on i mean we have some some crazy interviews coming up don don wetrick yes gonna be with us so yeah sometime in Sometime in late November, I think. So what do we have? So like, we got uh, two months of interviews. Basically? We have basically the next two months of interviews already booked. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Just that in itself shows so, the progress of the podcast. It's unbelievable. Yes. To be honest. And it's so much of a relief <laughs> for us. Oh, good time. To, to have it uh, already set up. And it looks like, and I, I, I mean, I know I'm putting the car before the horse a little bit, 
but it looks like we're going to have some sort of a table or booth or something at FETC there, right? Yeah. So, so we have to like get a sign. <laughs> we got to get a sign. I've been working on that. Yeah. So the, the logo and, is amazing. Uh, so I think it would look amazing on a big sign. You know, it. Yeah, so we're going to get a background. Yes. Of some sort. We'll we'll put some maybe some QR codes on it or something so that people can uh, can uh, scan the QR code and and subscribe to the podcast. Good idea. Um, because there's no way we'll be sitting at a booth for the whole time. That's kind of not what we do. No, no, we'll be at these sort of things. Right. And we're going to have stickers. I don't think they're going to be in the bags, but they're going to be somewhere. Okay. They told us somewhere. So lot we're going to be everywhere. They're listen and uh, I'll tell you um Ross and the some of the folks at FETC they've been um, unbelievable. Super unbelievable. I mean we're what a I, I mean it's like a partnership. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's 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 been pretty wild. So uh we're we're thrilled and it's going to be uh it's going to be a great event uh and we're pumped to see all of our friends and i mean and we just haven't even talked about what we're going to be doing when we're there yes and we don't have that all planned out but you can be sure that you know we'll we'll have you know some of our usual suspects come talk to us like noah and and the isaacs both of them are presenting so that's awesome um, so we got to have them back on for sure Yes, and then if you are interested in being on, you're going to be there. Let's talk. Yeah, uh, send us a message, and we'll and we'll see if we can get you some time on the podcast because that'd be just fantastic. Hundred percent. We're gonna have a table and everything. We're gonna be like it's pretty legit. Like legit, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so you guys so, are voting tomorrow. Voting? Well, I voted yesterday. Yeah, you can do it. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a uh, municipal election. So we have uh, federal elections. Uh, they're actually a year from now. Actually, I think that they are almost exactly a year from now. Okay. Um, and then there uh, were the provincial elections that were just a few months ago. Okay. Uh, and this is the municipal elections. So this is uh, city local? councils. Yeah, city okay. councils, mayors, and school board trustees. So district. I, those words are interchangeable. Uh, school board trustees uh, and the Catholic board trustees. So that happens. Uh, that election is is tomorrow. That is fantastic. Uh, moderately exciting. We have a really good mayor. We actually have like Barry's a big city, mm-hmm. um, relatively speaking. I mean, uh, we're we're in the hundred and eighty, hundred and seventy five thousand people. I that's, think that's pretty big. Big. Yeah. Not a, not a small city. And we have one of the best mayors in Canada um, in terms of like being like competent and qualified and just he's a good dude. Like he's yeah. really good at his job. Uh, so he's basically running uncontested, um, uh, which is cool. Uh, I'm fine with that. I mean, he's doing a wicked job. Uh, there's going to be a lot of changeover at our city council. Um, I, I can see it coming already. So that'll be interesting. And um, yeah, and the school board trustee election. So, um, and my name is on the ballot, which is um, strange. On the school board uh, trustees? I, yeah. Cause I was, I was planning on running uh, for the trustee and then, uh, you know, things changed with, um, you know, some work things that I'm going to talk about 
not this podcast, but you know, <laughs> later on, <laughs> event, eventually. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, you know, so that meant that because there was going to be a, a bit of a conflict of interest, I kind of backed out of the school board, but it was before the cutoff date. So my name is still on the ballot. So, you know, I, I may actually still win. Technically, I could possibly win the trustee election. Wow. Uh, it'd be actually not saying very many good things about the competitors who are running against me. Yeah. Um, if I won and I didn't campaign. Okay. Uh, so, do you so, you guys, so you guys oh, as uh, school board trustees, it'd be kind of like we're school board members, like, I suppose. They, they run a campaign too in Canada? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's elected. So, I mean, do they go like door knocking and that kind of stuff? Or do they just put up um, signs and then just have a, you know, like a like a forum? Because we have like a local one here too that's happening, I think, in right. the next few days where they kind of just discuss a variety of different issues and their take on them, you know? Uh, but, but I would say that campaign most campaign. I would say that most trustees campaign a little. Yes. Um you know, the budgets for a municipal, like a city council uh, person in Barrie, they usually spend somewhere between eight and $11,000 on a, on a municipal, um, uh, on the city council campaign. Okay. A typical trustee will spend somewhere between three or $400 and I've seen up to $2,000 uh, on a campaign. Uh, my plan when I was running was that I was going to, have about 50 or so signs okay um to to put you know all 50 on my lawn no uh (laughs) i live here (laughs) to give to you know family and friends and stuff like that and and people in the local area and put a couple on kind of the major roads ish areas Mm -hmm. uh and i was going to do a mailer uh and then do some door knocking um Typically, you only need, I mean, turnout for these is terrible. I don't know what turnout is like uh, for you guys for like your local elections, but turnout for a municipal election in Ontario's range somewhere between 25 and 40%. Usually we have the- them connected. See, we have ours connected to the election happening in November. So they are on the same ballot. Do you know what I mean? Right. So that yeah. helps. Yeah, that so does the- help. So the midterms are November fourth. Yes. Fourth, sixth, mm-hmm. sixth, fourth. I, I want to say six, but it's whatever the two's first Tuesday is. I'm gonna I'm gonna live stream them. Oh, you are? Did I tell you that? Yeah. Like I've done YouTube? it. I've done it before on like something. So if <laughs> okay. people want to watch, but it, it it's it's it it will not be a PG live stream. Let's okay. just say. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it will be animated. I will be excited and nervous, uh, and and um, it'll be interesting. So I, I'll, I I've done it before, and it's typically just my friends that watch it with me, and we just talk. Like there's like a chat channel, and we just chat about what's happening, about what's going on. Uh, yeah, about yeah. who's winning and what's happening, and you know, it, uh, 2016, the world crashing down around us in, in a span of six hours. So stuff like that <laughs> right i mean i don't, if you, I don't think moments, i don't so, think the link yeah. for the video for my live stream is live but the 2016 election i was like really excited at seven o'clock yeah. and i was really so angry much. at midnight yeah. <laughs> so 
and it was a the full range of emotion of Mike Washburn is on display in that live stream. So, <laughs> it's bad. Uh, uh, you got some stuff here. Let's let's talk about girl gamers are more likely to study science and uh, tech and get tech degrees. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I we're gonna link the article. Uh, the only thing I don't like that is it says in the title, but I, it just you know too often people are just seeking out clickbait. You know, uh, this is actually a university study, and it basically mm-hmm. uh, talks about that uh, girls who actually play video games, and we're talking about what they consider to be a lot, which would be nine hours per week, which I laugh at because <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> if that's considered a lot, all right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that they're more likely to go ahead and pursue STEM degrees. Uh, they call it right. P-STEM degrees, which I don't know what the P part of it is, but basically uh, science and technology uh, degrees. And there's an actual study research done. There's a research, a, a link to the research study itself um, and basically it just talks about that that could be a component that teachers may want to go ahead and add to their classrooms is some sort of game-based learning like we always talk about. So we'll make sure we link that into uh, into the show notes because it's a really interesting, first of all, the, the little uh, you know, introduction to the, to the study, but then the study itself is linked too. So I thought that that was uh, very, very well done. So, right. Yeah. I, I mean, the word geek, yeah. I guess. I, I mean, I have I know some people that hate the word geek and then some people that don't care. Yeah. Um, I, it helps that, you know, being a quote-unquote geek or quote-unquote nerd is a lot more accepted now yes. than it was, let's say, 10 years ago. I think it's way more Now hip. it's cool, yes. almost. Yeah, but I just yeah. didn't like it to be associated with the word girl. You know what I mean? Like geek girl, yeah. So I mean, for yeah. me, you're exactly right. I, I if someone said that I was a geek, I'd say yes, uh, I am, and I'm proud of it. That's okay, um, and that's uh, is not a you know, thing. But I just thought it's too often people just try to put these little clickbait uh, titles on their stuff so that you know they call it geek girl. You know, it's like okay, All right? Come on. In a world where it's hard enough, in a world where it's hard enough to be accepted, yes, to then attach these dumb pointless labels yes. to it yeah uh you know it's a good article to of, read. i I, I, so, I get that yes yeah none of, none of the rest of the article actually mentions that you know kind of that thing it's just like okay uh, uh but it kind of leads right into the next thing that we were going to talk about which is this article the second article in paul darvassi's series about using dungeons and dragons uh mm-hmm. at school and I, I remember in his previous article actually Paul kind of sets up the stage of how uh, anybody that used to play Dungeons and Dragons, like, you know, during our times, you know, our, our yeah. age, uh, you know, we're, we're around the same age. So when we were like eight yeah. to 12 years old, if, yeah. if we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, we were, let's just say not popular, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever. No. It wasn't a popular thing to do. Uh, no. And I think that's all flipped now. People see it totally as, flipped. Yeah, it's as a as something great. I mean, even in the in the movie, and I'm not going to be able to think or the show, uh, super super popular show on Netflix. What show am I thinking of, Mike? I don't know. Uh, yeah, when they play Dungeons and Dragons, the kids, it's kind of supernatural, and the kids being that they're kind of a little bit geeky and nerdy, actually is awesome. And and all of uh, all of us that watch. Uh, 
this show and why can't I think of the name of it? Come on. <laughs> the most popular show on I Netflix just, with the kids. Uh, and then they go battle these. Oh, are you talking about Stranger Things? Stranger Things, exactly. So Stranger Things. See, I've never watched Stranger Things. You but... haven't? Oh my God. No. So one of the first scenes, and I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but one of the first scenes is basically these kids sitting around playing this this Dungeons and Dragons game. You know, it's kind of set in the mm. 70s, 80s, early 80s kind of. I mean, it doesn't say that, but that's kind of what it feels like. Um, and I was thinking, you know, my sons and their friends all talk about this kind of stuff. You know, they're talking about role-playing games and right. these kinds of, and, and it's not the, the nerdy thing to do anymore. It's kind of, it's, it's very well accepted. And so Paul says, uh, in the second article about how this, uh, advanced placement English teacher is using it to teach tales like Tough things to read. Like we were just talking about that off air, like Beowulf, super difficult right. to read. Chaucer. Yeah. But Chaucer. to really get into those things, she sets up this kind of whole camp year-long campaign, kind of the gamification of this advanced placement English course, which just makes me want to have her on just to talk about kind of how she sets this all up and then how other people who are interested in using this can do this also in their classrooms really really intriguing and she talks about all of those uh 21st century skills like you know collaboration and uh just working together and and creativity and then really just being engaged in the stories themselves really wanting to dig deep into them so not this superficial reading where you go gosh this is really difficult to read i'm I'm gonna give up instead really digging deep into them and really wanting to know more about you know the canterbury tales and Macbeth stuff that's you know, heavy, you know, tough to read, but, uh, super yeah, heavy, yeah, yeah. but really getting, uh, generating some interest from her students and, and, uh, making it a year long process. So we're going to link that article, uh, to the show notes too. And I just thought that was awesome. And we were talking off air and I, I think it's worth mentioning that, I mean, we know this, uh, even as like elementary, like I'm an ele- elementary teacher and we, we know this that we've seen, kids reading the redstone guide for minecraft you know that are and they're like six years old and the redstone guide for minecraft is quite a bit detailed i mean it's it's not a very technical like so we know that kids will read will devour the things that they're engaged in and that they really want to read do we care what the, as long as it's appropriate, do we care what they're reading? Not in the least. No. If if it's comic books, it's, if it's graphic novels. I, I had a, a boy a couple of years ago whose mom came up to me and said, you know, I can't get him to read. And I asked, what is he into? Yeah. She said he's into cars and soccer. Okay. And I said, well, go buy him a soccer magazine. <laughs> go. Yeah. I mean, go, go buy him car and driver. Do you care what he's reading? Why do you if you do? Yes. Because you want them to read. Yeah. Go buy them Find a passion. soccer magazine and car and driver. Talk to the teacher and say, this is what he wants to read. And he's reading. So can we let, is this cool? Yes. You know, and, and then they just devoured that content. And then let them write an assignment on Messi if you want to, right? Let them talk about Ronaldo in his speech. Yeah, I mean, totally. What do you, what do you care? Yeah, no, I mean, what do you it, care? Leverage their interests so that they can 
go ahead and learn those next level skills, whatever those skills are, whether they're reading or like you just said, presentation skills or writing about any topic that they're really interested. It's that's awesome. hundred percent, hundred percent. So we're going to link that in the show notes. Uh, when we come back, I have a sense that we might get into a fight. Listen, <laughs> On Education is brought to you by Teacher Gaming. As a foreign language teacher, I'm so excited about Teacher Gaming's newest game edition called Influent. Influent is a video game aimed at inspiring people around the world to pick up a new language by making vocabulary acquisition and proper pronunciation a fun and rewarding experience. Players explore an interactive 3D environment filled with hundreds of collectible objects scattered throughout. I had so much fun playing this game all while learning Korean. There are 18 languages currently supported, including Spanish, French, Mandarin, and even Bulgarian. To learn more about teacher gaming and all of the awesome games that are available, visit teachergaming.com. On Education is brought to you by Classcraft. Classcraft is an amazing teaching resource created by teachers. Classcraft is dedicated to making school relevant and engaging to all of our students. Classcraft is proud to announce their Questathon quests created with shared storylines and custom illustrations to bring any subject to life. Every time a teacher downloads one of the free quests, Classcraft will add $1 to the Teachers Are Professionals fund, which will be used to fund teacher requests to PledgeSense.com. To learn more about Classcraft, simply go to Classcraft.com. All right, welcome back to the show. I I actually don't think we're going to get into a fight. I was just, (laughs) it was clickbait. That's okay. I just wanted people... I just wanted people to keep listening. It was the, it was the <laughs> same thing I just talked about earlier. We clickbaited people. No. <laughs> we, did, we did clickbait people. They're like, oh, Mike and Glenn are going to fight. No. We're not gonna, well, well, it's going to be no. a discussion. We're not going to fight. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's yes. go. Okay. Do it. All right. Do, Do you want me to read your tweet? Okay. Go for Say, it, man. Ed Tech Hot Take. So those are both hashtags. Mm-hmm. Yep. Microsoft is winning. Apple is frustrating, Google boring, <laughs> but you also put, I might regret this tweet tomorrow. <laughs> the only thing I thought was weird is I read, I was just like, okay, what does this even mean? <laughs> Cause I wanted some context. That's why I just, people can't see our show notes, but I just took a screenshot of your, of your tweet and posted it as part two. There is no other part two. It just says, just has that. Cause I figured that would be a, lengthy discussion the, the one part i mean i guess the first part we could discuss is you put if we're going to talk about microsoft apple and google okay we're comparing the the, the giants yes. these are the giants um, the giants yes, and they you are. said microsoft is winning right give me some give me some background i did, I did say yes, that because because i mean i guess one of the things i could i here's a here's something i could uh, used to be able to support that argument. They've acquired some other companies that are yes, that are phenomenal. Awesome. So let's first talk about uh, Minecraft, you know, and Minecraft Education Minecraft. Edition. I mean, that that itself is a gigantic acquisition. But then they followed it up with this huge. year with Flipgrid. So, so also two huge. gigantic things that. Uh, a, a whole bunch of people. It it it's not even. I think it's the the trend is still growing on both of those 
arguably the best, would you uh, even for say? Game-based learning, Minecraft is the best. And Flipgrid for what it does, yeah, I would say it's the best. There's no I don't even know even I don't close. even know if there's a okay. competitor in that field. No one and if even there was close. they're done. <laughs> they well, there was that one, right? We were just, you showed me something with a company called, what was it, Sway? And they used to yes. be something else? Yes. And then, and then, but they literally acknowledged that Flipgrid yes. destroyed and them. And I bet it destroyed a whole bunch of other things. And with the power of Microsoft behind it, so now you have this gigantic corporation. I mean, then the sky is the limit. Yeah, it's Flipgrid will be, and probably is, uh, in the majority of schools and it just continues to grow. All so right. that is two things that I would say support that argument. But what else do you have? Cause I'm thinking about products now, you know what I mean? Cause they, well, they have everything else too, though. Okay, uh, they so have everything else. So they have, they have all of the, um, you know, the common products, like all three have a word processor. All three have, you know, a spreadsheet program. All three have a presentation software. All three have, um, you know, collaborative systems for communication. Okay. Um, all, all three have online versions of those yeah, same but things. Some of them are horrible. Um, like <laughs> I, yeah. If anybody's ever tried to go on Word Online. I mean, uh, the version of uh, the online version of Word and try to do collaborative things there. It's pretty horrible. Oh God, is it bad? Because I oh, haven't used horrible. it in a while. It's horrid. I mean, so, that, there's I a mean, reason why we use Google Docs. I mean, you know, by we, I mean yes, the majority of us uh, use Google Docs. Yes. <laughs> Almost everybody. <laughs> uh, so the Microsoft product suite, uh, I would say, is very is way inferior to Google, but it's superior to Apple's product suite. So, for example, I don't even know what Apple's word processor is because that's how much I don't because I really don't Pages. care because <laughs> I because people oh. don't use it. I don't think. And I like uh, I like Pages. Yeah. Anyway, it's in third place. I call. If I, I just want to rank it. them. I would rank that in third place. Second place would be Microsoft Word, and number one would be Google Docs. Uh, just one hundred percent. I can I can take in that. the sure. same realm. Then, depending upon. Keynote is a million times better but, than Google Slides, yes, though. I, 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 I know that there are people that oh, won't no. agree with me, but Keynote is a million if times better than Google Slides. you wanted to work on it by yourself. And I agree. I actually made my presentations here lately all on Keynote because it's way better than PowerPoint way and better. way superior to Google Slides. But yes. if I was going to work on this with somebody else, for example, I'm going to do some presentations at our... Uh, our Minnesota conference. Um, and so I need to be able to work collaborative and difference in we're in different locations. We're going to make it all in Google slides. Cause uh, I mean, uh, then what else do you do? You know, a keynote, there's no, there's no way to be able to do that. Yes. There's no collaborative so element. There's to something to that. I mean, and, and I would say yep. that too, but anyway, you put Apple is frustrating. What was that about? What yeah, well, Apple happened? is frustrating. And I mean, you've even acknowledged that Apple's frustrating. Okay, Let's be what, clear here. What, what are we, We've what, both been what frustrated are we about, about Apple. I don't even know. <laughs> They're lack, they they oh, don't innovate. I they, get you. they 
right? There's there's nothing new. And not only that, let's just talk products, about what they do about. in the you're education. About products. Well, just in okay. I mean, in general. I mean, just they don't. Um, let's just talk about what they do in schools. Okay. I guess. I, I mean, in the sense that all of their all of the way that they support schools is. I don't want to use. They're all half cooked. They're there. They exist. Things like the new, that Apple classroom thing for iPads. It's there. It exists. It mostly I think, you works. know what? I, I totally agree with you. I know what you're, where you're going with this. Cause we said, you know, at those Apple events, we're like, come on guys, come up, you know, like white, Right. If you're going to have a big Apple event, why don't you announce something that's amazing? Something that you did that's out of this world, whether it be a super price cut on your on your products or something innovative out of the box that you actually did, uh, which they haven't. And I mean, they've had volume and they've had like vol. You could buy apps in volume. Yes. For a while, yeah. a couple of years at least. But like even the elements, like the the back end, like the system administrator for school kind of elements, are all again kind of okay. half cooked. They're just not. They're not as good as they. They could be so much better. They literally have almost a trillion dollars in the bank account. Hire some people, some more people, and just make all of this stuff better. I mean. Uh, just applying device devices to accounts and to profiles and just all of the technical stuff has always still been okay. incredibly frustrating. You know, when you have a, a one-to-one school an update can like break everything. It's the world stops. Um, if you're an Apple school sometimes and you get these updates and it, they get That's pushed through. And <laughs> I mean, so then all these schools have to have, well, and then you have all these schools that have to have people like literally dedicated almost to testing an update and what it's going to destroy mm-hmm. in your system before, before you push it to the rest of the school. It's, it's like they're not talking to each other in terms of like how this is going to screw over enterprise every time that there's a giant update. Uh, it's, it's not that they're not good. Like don't misunderstand the, the word frustrating is appropriate. It's, it's not that they're losing necessarily. They are doing awesome things. I love iPads. If you look at my desk at work, it has a MacBook Pro or a MacBook Air, an iPad Pro, and a a 5K iMac. I have. I am a Mac Apple. And those products are superior to anything that Microsoft or Google. They're great. Correct. (laughs) That's what I was saying. That's Um, that's where I was thinking. I was like, well, it might be frustrating, but they are the superior product. I mean, and and I wish. I wish they I think would a sur- I think a Surface and uh, I think a Surface and an iPad Pro are pretty interchangeable. Have you used the Surface? Or <laughs> close to? I mean, yeah, okay. it's a great computer. <laughs> it's a ta- it's uh-huh. a it's a, a tablet. It's it's yeah. it's running a full version of Windows. It, you know, if you buy a comparably equipped Surface, you're getting a pretty you're getting a top of the line laptop. You know, uh, that's also a tablet with a touchscreen and that uses any applications that you generally would want to be able to use and Mm -hmm. uses them well. Um, So I I don't necessarily think that 
the uh, Apple is losing in the device area if we were to rank things by yep. category. Um, again, I have all Apple. I'm, I'm staring at a and, MacBook and, Air. And you phone. have two of them, and your phone, and an too. iPad, <laughs> and your phone. Right? I mean, it's not. It's not that I have. It's just I find them. I find them. You wish they would push the envelope, right? I yes. think that they could. Uh, it's frustrating that they. We know yes. that they can, and they don't. Is that's why okay. I use the frustrating Google boring because we that know that they, Google but is boring, and anyone who doesn't think so is. I would not just say that Google like, has the number one like collaborative software out there. I mean, and it's free. It's that's just insane. Sorry. Let's be clear. They have the number one collaborative word well, processor. I would say <laughs> it. Well, <laughs> does it? Glenn, does it it's the okay, number let's one go collaborative word process, word processor, software. presentation software, and uh, spreadsheet software. Uh, as as far so as being able to right work now. collaboratively, there's there's not even any competition. And people, I, I would just say by people, I mean Microsoft and Apple know this so well that they just that they've defaulted to saying, yeah, you know, you may use that for things. You know, Apple has, they're like, we're an Apple school, but we're totally, everything that we do is in Google. I mean, all of our stuff runs, you know, we're not focusing on, you know, keynote or whatever the, the word processor is or any of those things. Everything that we do has to do with Google docs and, and uh, slides and Google forms and sheets and, and and we live in Man, we live Google in this forums. we live in Drive you know as a school you know look out <laughs> they are amazing though that there's just so much you can do with them I, the forms themselves hey okay. <laughs> you you don't think so there's I mean there's a billion different uses for them uh, and and all of them being related to then uh, being able to break down data inside of spreadsheets gather data, break it down, be able to use I, it for whatever it is that you're going to use it for. I I, I okay. use Google Forms. I, I think it's effective for, you know, asking people questions and getting okay. answers. Um, I, I mean, and quit, I guess I, I, never even, I never even used it in Google that way Forms as far now. as the teaching method, you know, thing. I used it. I mean, what I'm talking about right. is like, uh, you know, principal evaluations, uh, be able to do student surveys on climate, uh, school climate, and be able to go in and get that data and break it down and get an aggregate of those types of things without having to use any money. You know, no product. You don't have to buy an external kind of thing. You just are using your, you're creating it yourself, bringing in the 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 things that you need, and then be able to break down that data inside of a spreadsheet where everybody can look at that spreadsheet at the same time and manipulate it at the same time. So, I mean, that that itself is just innovative. The, the best I thing about just like. The best thing about Google is that at the point of use, it's and free. it's collaborative. That's so they win. They win. They win both of those battles, and so those two things are huge: free and you can work with it with collaborative. other collaborative. The other two don't have any of that kind of stuff. Again, yeah, it's a collaborative word processor. I mean, I get it. I use it all the time. I we. We are, uh, as far as devices, we're an Apple school, but we're Google all the way as far as like 
it's just I don't and I've said this before. I've told you this. It might have been off air, but I just don't I don't get excited about Google stuff because, like like it's be, Google well, it's training, because, Google yeah, sessions, it's because Google it's so presentations. Integrated, though, it's like, Mike. oh, really? We already it's it, it's it, that's why. Yeah. Well, you might call boring. it boring, but it's because <laughs> it's already so ingrained as part of our usage. We don't go on there and say, hey, I'm going to share yeah. this Microsoft Word document with you. No no one has ever said that in the last five years. <laughs> no, any, Anytime anybody brings I, up I, a Word document at, at uh, school or is somewhere is talking about Word, I'm like, why are you using that? There's no reason for that. <laughs> I... I agree. I agree. Uh, I am. I am a hundred percent standing okay. by my word choice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know I don't know if Microsoft well, is also, actually winning, though. It depends, I guess, on what your interpretation is of it. They. I don't know either, but I mean, on the weight, almost on the weight alone, uh, like, and I think that surface, the surface okay. stuff, is underrated. I, I think that they've never pushed it for school. Uh, they've never. But if they wanted to, they could, and they crush it. You I think they could take on the iPad. Uh, I mean, they'll they'll never they'll never get they'll never kick out like the Chromebook people. Like like Chromebooks are a special thing. They they're they're built for schools and districts that don't have a, a whole lot of money, but still, still need technology. Exactly. Uh, and Chromebooks are great. I don't I don't have a problem with Chromebooks. I I get it, but I think Surfaces could compete with schools like where I work that do have a decent amount of money and do have the freedom of choice and, um, and also have teachers that would be capable of modifying their practice based on the device that they're using if necessary. And, and you know, the, the devices themselves are amazing. They're top of the line. We the should find a, a rate, uh, several comparison articles, iPad versus that's a Microsoft product just to see. Yeah. Just to see Surface. like, okay, th- does it really compare to each other? Where are the price points at? You know, those kinds of things, you know, what do you actually get besides the right. viruses that you have with that surface? Right. <laughs> yeah. See, so, and that was uh, in our little Twitter repartee, uh, you know, the, you're not going to win an argument. I, by well, just I, well, saying, and that's I think what shut down. I, well, I wasn't. I, was just, I wasn't <laughs> trying I mean, to win. You're not going to win an argument just with the virus. Just talking about viruses. I just was saying. You just said that Apple is frustrating. Just imagine if you had surfaces they throughout are. your entire school, and then they get uh, a virus on them because they're susceptible to them. Talk about frustration. I mean, but we've been doing. You know, security for oh yeah, PCs we have security for decades. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, so I assume, that, and I don't. I'm not a system administrator, it, so if there was, I, I mean, I can't yeah. tell you how hard or easy it is to deal with Microsoft uh, products as far as you know their vulnerabilities compared to Apple products. I can tell you that we've dealt with vulnerabilities on Apple products sure. as well at our school. With all of our kids have MacBooks and they've gotten viruses on them. I mean, it's. Possible. I, I was just thinking so, too. If, it, if we have a, I mean, the, yeah, if we the have someone out there that actually a school that uses surfaces at their school at a school level, I don't know if that big. Yeah, if know. you guys are out there, we tell almost. Us. Yeah, no, and then, I don't and then know let either. us know how it's going. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, tell us, Let us, tell know us how, how it's is going. It, is sure. it good or is it bad? What are the goods and the bads? I guess all of them have goods and bads. I, I think that all of these companies are doing good things. I would agree. I, I'm a fan of parts of what all of them are doing. Uh, by using the words that I used, it doesn't. I'm not saying that Google is bad. I'm not saying that Apple is bad, and I'm not saying that Microsoft is the best. I don't use, but but on the weight of you know, even almost on the weight of Flipgrid and Minecraft. And then when you add the fact that they're present in these other similarly competitive areas, the one thing that Microsoft is really missing is some sort of a device classroom management system, some sort of a learning management system. Like Google has Google Classroom. Apple sort of has this, like I said, this Apple Classroom thing for iPads. Microsoft doesn't have that at all, I don't think. Um, so that's an area where they're definitely lacking. Um, but all three of these guys have the resources to do whatever the hell they want. They they really so do. So true. Do they? Yep. If they really right, want to, they can to do, do just, anything they want. To yes. just decide to be better. <laughs> just, we are going to be better at this. And then yep. they go and do it. They can all do it, and they all should. Especially Apple. I mean, with like so much money in the bank, and they could hire anybody they wanted to. They could hire me. I'll tell them well, how one of the not things be they could do. Because we've talked about this: is they have the billions slash trillions in the bank. Why not reduce the price mm. of your products for schools specifically? I mean, what a movement that would be! Blow away the Chromebook movement by saying, you know what, we have a superior product than the iPad. And now it only costs two hundred dollars. Yeah, two hundred dollars. You actually get a pencil, and yeah. you get a pencil Subs- with it. Subsidize <laughs> just because you can. We can do that, and then talk about. Oh, it would time. be a revolution. It would. It would be over. I think so. Yes, <laughs> it would be over. hundred percent. Right, get, get, get that job there. Come on. Let's so get that, let's get that going. Ugh. <laughs> I don't even think I could handle. I don't think I'd handle the bureaucracy. They'd pull up this and tweet fire that I post, <laughs> and they'd be like, they, "What's what's this, Washburn?" It'd be over. <laughs> they wouldn't before it started. <laughs> yes, I'd be gone before I even. You know, I'd be just unpacking my boxes in Cupertino, and I'd be yep. on a flight back to Toronto. <laughs> that didn't last very long. Jeez, exactly. I have to delete the tweet. I'm not deleting the tweet. Stand I'm standing by, stand by, by it. I feel good about it. I feel I feel better about it now than I did sitting in karate class, Isaac's karate okay. class, posting my hot <laughs> take. So I, I still find Google incredibly boring and Apple incredibly frustrating. I I am willing to maybe budge on Microsoft is winning. I maybe winning is not the appropriate yeah. word here. I'm fine with Apple being frustrating. They are. And I'm, I stand by Google being incredibly boring because they are, in my opinion, I get what they're good at. It just doesn't get me up in the morning. So yes, it is. hot take central around here at on education. Come at me people. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Um, So that's it. 
uh, when we come, <laughs> when we come back, uh, we'll talk to Aaron Sherman from Storyboard That. On Education is brought to you by Project Pals. Project-based learning has come a long way since poster boards and paper cutouts. Digital platforms like Project Pals have cut teacher prep time in half to allow more time for research and learning. They can either choose from the dozens of projects available in the catalog or create a tailored project from scratch. Project Pals multi-purpose platform allows students to work in real time to create project assets, import media, and save their resources all in one place. Student contribution analytics and a progress bar keep teachers up to date. Solidly grounded in years of research, Project Pals is your all-in-one solution for student-centered inquiries and group projects. All right, welcome back to the show. We're thrilled to have Aaron Sherman with us. Uh, Aaron is the CEO of Storyboard That. Uh, Welcome to the show, Aaron. Uh, Thanks. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So let's start with just some general information about Storyboard That. Uh, what is what is it, and uh, how long have you guys been around, and and what are you guys up to? Storyboard That is an incredibly powerful and easy way to make storyboards, graphic organizers, worksheets, comic strips, and just about anything else you can think of to visually communicate. And I started this company nearly seven years ago, and we've had over eight million storyboards created since then. It's awesome. Uh, I've been using, I've actually been using storyboard that for quite a while. You said you've been around for how long? Seven, seven years, six and a half years to be more six and six and a half years. So I've probably been using storyboard that as a paid subscriber for at least five years. Um, and, and I think it, I think it's probably one of my favorite products, uh, of its kind out there. I've, I tried a couple other platforms and uh, top-notch, top-notch product. Um, it has a back-end system for teachers. Um, you can build assignments into it and, and all of that kind of stuff. Can you talk about the ways uh, that you design Storyboard That for educators to help uh, them use it in the classroom? Absolutely. And I think one of the first things about how we help educators use in the classroom is the product was initially designed for corporate America. And Mm -hmm. teachers said they liked the product because what we were trying to help corporate America do was really think about critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and creativity. And it turns out those four Cs, those 21st century skills, are critical to the education space. Absolutely. And because we did not build a product for kids, there's nothing childlike about the product. And that really resonates well with students. They figure the interface out in 30 seconds. And from kindergartners through high schoolers, nobody gets annoyed at feeling it's too childish. Specifically for the teachers, what we heard early on, and this is going to sound incredibly obvious to anyone that's a teacher, teachers have students and students are in classes and and classes have assignments. And we worked really hard to make that interaction as simple as possible to let you organize your classes and students that way. We also have thousands and thousands and thousands of pre-made lesson plans that you can import into the system, most of which have pre-made rubrics, templates, and examples of a completed assignment to really scaffold out what you're doing to make it as fast and easy as possible to get into the rich educational outcome. That's awesome. Uh, Glenn and I, uh, we spend a lot of time talking about things like creativity, 
iterative design, design thinking, and teaching these things out to kids. So, um, th- again, these 21st century skills, the, the, the idea that this process is important and kids need to learn this process um, it, to provide meaning and value in their learning and then be able to do greater things with that as they get older. And I don't think that there's a more integral component uh, to design, to the design process than storyboarding. Uh, I use um, my storyboarding component for my game design challenge. So I, I have a year-long game project. And as part of that project, one of the assignments is the kids have to storyboard their game with all of the critical aspects of the narrative of their their game. And we talk a lot about how you know, as you go through the process of storyboarding, you're going to learn things about your game that you didn't realize until you storyboarded it, for example. And that's going to give you the opportunity to make changes, to to develop it or to adapt it or to maybe even move things around. Um, so I guess my question to you is, what do you think, uh, what do you think the value is uh, to inserting storyboards into uh, into the design process for students? I think you honestly hit on a lot of the really great points. For me, I find it very hard to think on my feet. But if I can sit down and spend the time to really organize my thoughts, my first couple of thoughts are pretty obvious. But my second, third, fourth, fifth, I'm always kind of surprised at where it takes me. And by using a storyboard, I've always found that to be a very powerful way to l- organize my thoughts in a linear fashion. And then what I love is I can take my storyboard and I can hand it to somebody that I trust that I'm working with. And they can look at it and they're like, you know, I really like where you're going in the first couple of cells, but what if we change cell three just a little bit? It would drastically improve the out, drastically improve and change the story. Mm-hmm. And those interactions are so incredibly powerful. And when you talk about time saving, so real, incredibly cheap compared to the cost of making a product that nobody wants, making a game that's not fun, making a game that's confusing. Organizing your thoughts ahead of time saves you tremendous amounts of time in the long term, which is why we created Storyboard That, to really just help people think. I mean, totally. I I like what you just said, because we talk about with kids all the time about organizing your thoughts, about putting things down and, you know, putting it in a storyboard as opposed to even doing it on like a Google Doc, for example. Um, adds a, a level of, I think, depth and richness to the design process, to the creative process that you can't really find just writing it out in a word processor, don't you think? I think that I agree 100%. When you write three bullet points, everyone's going to interpret those three bullet points very differently based upon their own life experiences. Sure. Whereas when you have a picture and the picture clearly shows something, you're going to have much faster alignment as to what you're actually saying or trying to say. And part of communication, it's not what you say, it's what's heard on the other side. And anything and everything you can do to make it more effective that what you try to say is actually heard is just such a winning uh, strategy and outcome and tactic. Yeah, totally. Uh, And it's not really limited, I guess, to age, right? I mean, uh, can you talk a little bit about what you, so I'm, I'm actually not sure what the answer to this question may be, but what are younger students doing with storyboard that do you have any kind of anecdotal stories you can give us about how teachers are using storyboard that with younger kids? And I'm thinking like I use it with grade eights. 
I'm thinking even younger than that. What are what are what are people doing with storyboarding and and design thinking? Storyboard that um, at, at even younger grades than than grade eight. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we're we're doing some really cool stuff. I think that there's lots of potential for it. There's a lot of potential at the younger grades. I mean, in all the grades, plot is a major thing that's taught, and so when you talk about first graders, second graders, they're still learning beginning, middle, end of a book. And mm-hmm. by using storyboards, they're able to recreate the literature that they're studying. And that literature, Freckle Juice, Frindle, and these great kids' stories, when the students sit there and they recreate it visually, it really uh, cements it in their mind how the plot structure goes. And that same activity of doing plot also applies to high schoolers when they're recreating Shakespeare. The complexity goes up, but the activity does not. The activity doesn't fundamentally change. Right. Right. Uh, so, so I mean, that classic example of just retelling a story so that we see that students understand it, um, that that can be done in a storyboard. And, and you'll have, you know, potentially a, a, a pretty interesting deep, you know, learning experience from doing it, uh, doing it that way, uh, using storyboard that or, or storyboarding it, um, that, that, that would be a great idea, right? That's awesome. Absolutely. And when you storyboard that, you don't hear from your students, I can't draw, which changes it from an art assignment to a thinking assignment. And both Mm. are very important in my opinion. I think art's very, very important, but if you're trying to stress, uh, the thinking process, it's phenomenal to equalize the field. Personally, I can't draw and I can't write. And so storyboard that really is a product it made for me. Because you guys have like a whole bunch of built-in stuff, right? Like the 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 backgrounds and the, the characters. And so even if you don't have the exact character for the exact thing, like my grade eights, when they're storyboarding their games, some of them don't like it's it's pretty early on in the in the design process for their games. They don't have their characters created. They don't have backgrounds created. They use your built-in stuff and and you know the assumption by me uh along with them is that they're going to make their own stuff eventually for their game but this stuff is used in the meantime just to get the point across uh you have a lot of resources built right into the system right absolutely um we have thousands and thousands of images we've drawn and tens of millions of, of creative commons photos but i think you really hit something important about placeholders in art design, there's a concept of FPO, for position only, and lorem ipsum. And even in our own office, a lot of our own storyboards have placeholder images. And they just mm-hmm. say lorem ipsum. We will get to the copy later. We'll figure out the right image later. But we want to make sure we capture those thoughts now. Because we'll forget the thoughts. We can always make an image later. Right. No, absolutely. So if we had teachers, educators who were new to the idea of storyboarding, were new to the idea of, you know, mind mapping or, um, you know, these types of processes. Um, If it was something new for them, what would you think, uh, what would you give uh, as advice uh, on a way to get started uh, for these folks? One of the scariest and most enjoyable things is a blank canvas. Mm. Go to storyboardthat.com, click a button that says create a storyboard and drag your first scene down. And once you drag your first scene and just watch how it begins to fill the story, immediately you're going to think to yourself, wow, what if? 
and go with your imagination and see what you create. You will be surprised at how fast your mind wanders and how amazing the outcome is. Everything in the product is super, super easy. You drag it and you drop it. And we ask you the right questions to guide you towards interesting concept. If it's a scene, we ask you, you can click a button to change it to snowing or rain. And with characters, you can pose them. Are they happy? Are they angry? Mm-hmm. And let your creativity out for a few seconds. Um, it's You'll be surprised what you can do. We talk, um, Glenn and I talk to a lot of games-based learning people and gamification people, and we, we ask a similar question to them too. Uh, you know, when we say, you know, what if people are afraid of just getting into it? Uh, what do they do? And it's amazing that you said almost the exact same thing as what they would say. And I think it's amazing advice. And it's advice that I share with people when I talk to them, when I do uh, talks or sessions or, or speeches or whatever, is just go ahead and do it. You Get know. It. Sorry, Getting I mean, your feet wet, right? Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Getting started is the hardest part of anything in life. 100%. It is so hard. And I'm an entrepreneur. I've taken it. I've taken the journey. And it all just starts with that first step. You just have to do it. And yeah. what ha- the rewards are just so amazing for taking that first step. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you start to see like what happens when you when you start doing that, you start now you start to envision the way it would look in your class, the way it would look, you know, to your students and, and then it it just goes. And uh, that's what I think I like about all of these kind of uh, games based learning and design products and stuff like that is that once you actually take the step and, you know, get the courage to just start doing something, uh, you'll, you'll be amazed where, where it takes you. So speaking of getting started, if people wanted to, use storyboard that um are there are there plans does it cost money we talk a lot about things like that um what what do people do to get going with uh with storyboard that specifically so if you go to storyboard that.com once again that's storyboard that.com in the upper right hand corner there's a big button that says free trial for teachers if you click that you can have a two-week free trial and one of the things we've heard is a lot of teachers have to pay things out of their own pocket, which is mm. fortunate, but is a reality. And we make sure to make our pricing very affordable for teachers and for PTAs and for schools. So for a single teacher with 10 students, it is just $8.99 a month paid monthly to get going. And for more of a high school teacher with 150 students, it would only be $11.99 or $12.99 a month. And that's paid monthly. Of course, it's much cheaper paid yearly. And we also offer school and district plans. You can, we have a wonderful support team that's here to help you anytime you need us. If you email help at storyboardthat.com during business days, uh, during the school days, we get back very, very quickly. And often on the weekend, somebody will still get back to you. Um, is there time to talk about our newest feature worksheets or are we out of time? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about, tell us about worksheets. I, I, I remember you mentioned in the video or in the emails, but uh, go ahead and the, what do you got? What do you got going on? After six and a half years and eight million storyboards, one of the things we realized and we heard, we have this absolutely amazing platform to create this highly visual, highly engaging content. And we said to ourselves, what if we tweaked our product just a little bit to let teachers make worksheets? Mm. 
that would be fast to make and beautiful. And we spent the next six months building this product. We tweaked it. We made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of example worksheets that we posted on Teachers Pay Teachers to make sure that we actually understood what the technology needed to do. And we launched it in September. Just It's incredibly exciting. And we look forward to hearing and seeing what teachers create. Any worksheets they create, you're welcome to resell yourself on Teachers Pay Teachers. Um, we just really believe that by adding the right visual elements and making it fast and easy, we can really empower teachers to make high-quality worksheets and handouts and guided notes and study notes and exit tickets that will engage their students. Interesting. All right. Cool. Well, so check check that out. You can find out information about that on the website as well on Absolutely. the story with that site. Absolutely. Wicked. All right, man. Uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us. This has been fun. Uh, storyboardthat.com is, is where you go to check out everything uh, for them. Aaron uh, Sherman, everyone. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys. On Education is an on-podcast media production. My name is Mike Washburn. My co-host is Glenn Irvin. You can get in touch with us or ask us questions to answer on air by visiting our website, oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Glenn is at Irv Spanish on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at Mr. Washburn. Our sound engineer is Jake Codeweiss. He's on Twitter at JK Radio. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be honored if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Schoology, for supporting us. Check out Schoology.com to learn how they can help you advance what's possible. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome. See you soon.